Hi, this is May. And I'm Joy. Welcome to the QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. May and I are friends, writers, and creatives who want to share our endeavors out loud. On this podcast, we're here to encourage each other, and you too, and share tools we've discovered or made up, so you can follow your passions with a little support. So grab your tea, or your coffee, and let's get started. everyone it's another week hello and welcome tonight we're going to talk about the things that you actually owe your audience and the things that you don't mm-hmm. so before we get into that which is going to be an interesting conversation I think yeah. but before we get into that we're going to talk about our creative weeks so joy what did you do well I am pleased to report knock on wood hopefully I'm not messing anything up at this point but I have written every day this week. So I've written for four days in a row. And it's only been an hour each day, but I have stuck to it and I'm very excited. So huge. Yeah. Wow. I know. So for me, it was really just, you know, putting the time and it's the same time every day. And I might have, I might end up changing that hour. I don't know. I haven't decided yet, but just having it set you know, is helpful. I like it. I like it. What time are you going with? I'm doing four to five right now. Mm. So, yeah, I think I'm going to have to move it to three to four, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. But the fact that you have tried it for four days in a row, maybe this isn't the best time slot for you, but you know that now. Yeah. So... You can make some adjustments as you go along. It's true. And I will say, I feel like I am, it's become a, a groove thing, you know, like it's it's one of those habit things. And so I am able to get into the mindset a lot quicker. This has shown me that when I do it every day or at least say five days a week or something like that, mm-hmm. I I know where I was just a day before. So it's not so jarring. So it's yeah. pretty exciting. That is exciting. Keep us posted. Yeah, I will. Definitely. <laughs> so tell me about your week. This week was fun. I had a great week. Yay. A lot, a lot of fun stuff going on. But the big thing I wanted to talk about on the podcast tonight was that I was been working on my Story Swell website. Yay. And I don't have that freebie quite done yet for the newsletter, but... It's going to be a good one. And I ran in my joy. She thinks it's going to be a good one, too. So. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I second that. So it's exciting. It's exciting. It's beautiful. It's so it pretty. Really I like is. it a lot. And it's so very me. Like, it's. Yeah. <laughs> if I were a website, <laughs> it would be storieswell.net. <laughs> so. Yes. And we'll put that link down in the show notes. So you guys go check it out. But uh, yeah, I got to work on that and it was very fulfilling and satisfying and I've had a lot of fun and you could probably see it all over my face. So Slight glow, slight glow. <laughs> so there's no really great way to segue from all that happiness today <laughs> to the topic at hand. So, <laughs> let's just dive right in. <laughs> let's just do it. <laughs> so what do you owe your audience? 
And uh, so Joy and I, last week we were talking about how weird the concept of celebrity is. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and like whenever a famous, powerful couple splits up or something like that happens, I kind of feel like I just would like to know why. <laughs> and um, I know that's irrational. Don't judge me. But <laughs> Hey, uh, inquiring minds want to know. Yeah, I mean, like, but it is kind of like one of the immediate things that we asked, right? Like, was somebody cheating? Was there violence? Was, you know, what happened? Like, we, we kind of really want all of those juicy details. And I can't be the only one because there are companies like TMZ and, <laughs> and all of those other paparazzi people who are just, like, all over the place. But, um so I mean, we were talking about this and we were kind of pulled into this idea of what we as the audience is owed in the realm of authors that we follow and also what we put out there into the world. And so what do we owe our audiences? Hmm. Not that we're celebrities or anything, although I do, I do kind of look like DJ Tanner, I've been told. So. <laughs> you do. You totally do. So funny. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so we're, we're not there yet, but I do think that, you know, as people who are putting our art out into the world, who have social media presence, who have a website, things like that, that we are positioning ourselves to be mentors to someone. And maybe that is the equivalent to celebrity that, you know, we're talking about in this episode today. But, um, and, and you have to recognize that like with celebrity comes a certain loss of privacy mm -hmm. and all celebrities are still human beings and we are human beings, even if we end up being mentors to other people and we all have emotions and we all have good days and we all have bad days and we all have things, big things that happen to us. And, and that's something that we as consumers should respect. And so part of the responsibility responsibility lies on us as consumers for sure. But, um, but pursuing a public career, um, we have to understand that comes with certain expectations. Yeah, certainly. And so we've actually talked before on sharing you with the world. That was season two, episode 12. We shared a little bit on this topic there, but in that episode, we gave some tips on what to think through when you consider how much of your personal life you put on social media. So you might want to check that episode out if this is something that is interesting to you or something you think would be helpful. Uh, in this episode, we're focusing a little bit more on what happens when some big life event happens to you. Um, in those moments, what do you really owe to your audience? Yeah. And when we consider like what we consider these big events or things like, well, like divorce, we've already kind of touched on that a little bit, but also, you know, we've lost loved ones before too. And we know other people who've lost loved ones and, and that are in these higher up positions too. Uh, and then there are other things that are illnesses. So it could be a temporary illness or it could be a permanent one, one that we have to fight uh, really, really hard. And sometimes we don't feel like putting those things out into the world. So those are some examples of some big life events that we kind of are addressing here, you know, it's not necessarily the little things, even though the little things can be really high emotion at the time as well. So it might be more short term, 
but it could affect you in some of the same ways. So it's really, you know, use your your own discretion as as what you are considering a big thing in the rest of this episode. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, I think maybe going with the divorce example, because that's kind of the first one that we, we led with. Um, I think what, when I kind of thought through this, like, okay, what, what is owed to your audience? You most likely don't owe an explanation to anyone for this. Um, if you feel the need to declare your change in status, uh, you certainly can, but you probably don't need to give any other details. However, if your relationship is a huge part of your public profiles, or if you've written books on marriage, or, you know, you've, this has kind of been a big part of your platform or your public persona, um, you might owe your audience just a little bit more explanation. In the first case, you know, of if, you know, you're, your marriage was just a big part of what you posted, like you posted per pictures with that person or something, you may still not really need to give any details, okay? But in the second one, though, that's where we get into more dicey territory, I feel like. Um, mm -hmm. People who have looked to you for marriage advice, who have bought your books on marriage, okay? They've, they've purchased lectures, they've purchased conference tickets, they've um, they've looked up to you as kind of a beacon for for that topic. Um, they might deserve just a little bit more. Um, so think about it, because if you were the person who kept them from going to the divorce lawyer's office, and now you get divorced, they're going to be rethinking a few things. You know, you've you've put yourself in a position of that mentor position, like you were saying earlier. Mm -hmm. um, but you still, I don't think owe them all the sordid details. Um, you're dealing with a matter that concerns another human being too. Okay, so there's that. Um, and their personal life and privacy. So that has to be taken into consideration. Uh, if you've got children, that complicates matters. You're trying to keep their, you know, little lives as private as possible. Um, legal battles come into issue, you know, if you co-own businesses, intellectual property, all of these things come into play and will change how you might approach the situation. So when I was thinking about that particular example, those were just kind of some of the things that came to my mind. So yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I think you're spot on with that one. I do think that you might owe O in quotations, so air quotations around O. Um, you might owe your audience a little bit more if you are in in the field, as we like to say. <laughs> yeah. If you're in the marriage field, you know, with the books and the podcasts and the blog posts and all of these things. Uh, however, however, and I think that this, what I'm about to say, applies to all of the things that we're going to talk about. Yeah. And uh, vulnerability and authenticity does not mean that you have to be transparent on the details. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to say specifics on anything ever if you're not comfortable with it, especially in wounds that are open and bleeding. Mm -hmm. So, and the reason that I know this, the reason I know this is because Brene Brown said so, and I trust <laughs> Brene Brown. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And that's the thing there too, is that uh, you don't have to give a point by point chronological order revelation of how it went wrong. And that's, that's so private. 
And that's so personal. And yes, you have a public persona and a public, you know, entity that is, you know, everything that you've built so far. But there has to be a line because if there's not a line, then you're not going to be able to survive this. And these things are big and these things hurt and they're hard. And I just feel like protecting yourself is going to be a good option here. Now, once it's over and you've had time to process and your kids are home and all the legal battles are settled, <laughs> those things, if you feel compelled at that point in time to write some sort of memoir or, you know, blog series or something on how this happened and what, you know, that that's up to you at a later time. But as far as like the rawness and the and, um, and the immediate situation. I think that, um, you know, erring on the side of conservatism is a good idea um, just until you can get your head wrapped around some things. But either way, you don't have to write the memoir. You don't have to give the bullet points. You don't owe those things to your audience. All right. So I think um, next we talked about the loss of a loved one. And, you know, this is something that unfortunately most of us are probably going to face at some point during our public careers or, or whatever. Um, so do you owe, what do you owe to your audience during a time like this? Well, it depends on a number of factors. And um, an example that came to my mind, and this is something that, and I hope that you'll bear with me because I, I kind of feel like there might be someone out there who has been in this situation or might be in this situation. Um, let's say, for example, that you are expecting and you've shared your good news on your public platform and everyone loves to share in happy things, right? And we want to rejoice in that. But what if you have to say goodbye to that little one too soon? And I've had many friends in this situation. Um, many people just don't want to share grief like that with the world. And that's completely understandable. It is a very personal time of pain and healing. Um, but if you have shared the good news post, you probably need to post an update. But here's the thing. You do not have to bear your soul. You do not have to invite the world to come into that room with you in your moment of grief. You do not have to do that. Um, perhaps one day you will choose to use your platform as a place to share your emotions following that loss. I've got friends who've done that, and they're amazing and incredible, and I love what they're doing because they're using what happened to them to share love and hope and peace with other people who are going through the same thing. But you may never want to do that, and that is okay. What you can do, though, and hopefully this is where it'll be helpful, is you can just release one simple post explaining that you've had to say goodbye, that you will be taking some time away from the public spotlight, from your, your platform, whatever that may be, as you grieve and as you heal, um, and that you will appreciate privacy, you know, or something along those lines. And that's really all you need to do, okay? Don't have to share anything more than that. Um, if you never shared the news that you were expecting, well, then you can choose a whole lot. You've got a lot more choice there. You may choose not to say anything at all. Um, or you may choose to wait for a long time. And that, once again, is completely up to you. Uh, sometimes, though, 
when you need some time away from social media, regardless of the reason, it is best practice just to let your followers know a break is coming, okay? You do not have to give a reason. Do not worry, okay? But it does help reassure your fans that you value them. One of the best things that we can do on our social media is to be committed to them and to, you know, be consistent and to, to put out that content. You know, we say that all the time. But um, often I see things like on Twitter, for example, where uh, authors' accounts, they change their names to Joy is on hiatus, you know, or whatever <laughs> like that. And now most of the time that's for deadline purposes. You know, maybe they're on a big deadline for their book or something like that. But I've also seen others and um, authors and other public creatives post to explain that they're going to be taking a social media break for family reasons or for personal reasons, and they don't have to give their reasons. They can just simply say that and their followers know. It's nice that they've shared their plans. And it's also, here's the thing that that it reminds me of when I've seen this. It's a nice reminder that everyone needs a break now and then. And that everyone is going through something. So whether we know about it, whether we know what it is or not, other people are going through things. And so it's just a nice little reminder to be kind because we have no idea what other people are going through. I think too, that that little bit of vulnerability there where it's not telling you the specific details about it. It's just saying, you know, there's an emergency or there's a family thing, or there's a, there's a something, you know, that, that, that little tiny note that explains a little bit about why that person's on hiatus, uh, that opens up a door for your followers and your fans I've seen some beautiful comments where it's like, I'm praying for you and your family, or, you know, it just, it opens up that door for them to be compassionate toward you mm-hmm. and for you to receive that compassion from your, from your followers and your fans. And I think too, that that actually strengthens the bond between you two. Like they understand at that point in time that you have something that's going on, just like they have something that's going on and it humanizes you and it humanizes them whenever you get those comments back and things too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is, if you, if you don't say something specific, that there is an opportunity for, um, for people to get a little aggravated and agitated mm-hmm. like, Oh my goodness, you know, this person's probably off on the golf course or something like that. And, uh, and, and people are, are very bold online, too. And there's a very good chance that you might get a response that is not very pleasing yeah. uh, to, to that. And I'm not saying that you should base your decisions on the kind of comments and things that, you know, would could possibly come if you were to just put, I'm taking a break or I'm on hiatus or something like that without an explanation. But it is something to consider if you choose not to have it. It's something, a little something there. Um, the whole There is also the option of being dishonest. That one kind of makes me a little cringe a little bit. <laughs> but you do have an option to say, I'm on hiatus or deadline whenever you're grieving. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah, that's an option. And when you don't have a product afterwards, then you might have to deal with that kind of consequence. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely something that you could do there but I think that that's where the vulnerability comes in though and and being able to show a little bit of hum- humanity is it gives an option uh, I'm sorry it gives an opportunity for compassion yeah 
And like you said, that compassion can be a beautiful thing. And we, we don't often think about it in terms like this, but when we give others the opportunity to show that they care and to show that compassion um, and to show that they're, they're alongside us, it's actually helpful for them as well. Um, and then another thing that I thought about as you were mentioning these things is um, I've seen quite often where people have said, I, I need a mental health break right now from social media. And the people that responded, they get it. They understand and they're supportive and they're encouraging. And, you know, that's that's a good thing to see, too, that people understand that sometimes our mental health needs a little care, um, just as much as our physical health. You know? Yeah, and that's a, ri- a reminder for us who haven't taken a mental health day yeah. to, to evaluate ourselves a little bit and say, hmm, maybe I need one too. Let's see, you know? Yeah. And that leads right into the illness example. You know, um, if, if you do get seriously ill in some sort of physical way, um, once again, you don't owe anybody any kind of explanation. Outside of what we just said, you know, giving them a heads up, I'm going to be MIA for a while. You know, you don't have to go into details. Um, But the thing I think that we have to think through as creatives who are producing art um, is if your illness will take away from producing something that your audience is planning on, that they're expecting, um, you need to let them know that. You need to find a way to to get that information to them. If you're not able to do it, find a way to get that information to them. Um, and you know, all of this really depends a lot on personality. <laughs> and I and I have to chuckle a little bit because I am a very close to the vest type of person, especially when it comes to illness. I like I don't want people to visit me in the hospital. Like we we live in the South, and it's a big thing. You go visit people in the hospital. I don't want people to know that I'm in the hospital if I'm ever in the hospital. Like, it's just mm, not something that I like. Like, if I'm in a hospital, then there's something has gone horribly wrong. <laughs> and I don't and want I don't me- <laughs> have to paste on a smile and close up my hospital gown. And make- <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. So, yeah. I'm with yeah. You. <laughs> you can come, you can bring me a casserole later, okay? Yeah. I like the chicken with the water chestnuts, okay? So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, see, it just sent just sends the, the Domino's delivery guy to my door, you know. <laughs> oh, stranger, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I'm glad you feel me on this. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. <laughs> so yeah, um, but I will, you know, I will counter and say that there might be somebody else who is, you know, potentially struggling with the same illness, and there mm-hmm. might be some some hope in there for you and for that person if you guys were to 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 find each other and at, and the same thing with the loss of um of a child there's so many people out yeah. there who who this has happened to um that are just beautiful beautiful souls who have gotten to a place of healing where they feel like they can reach out to other people mm-hmm. who are in the same situation and and I think that the reason or one of the reasons why we feel this way as fans is that we have had so much contact with these people that we consider our mentors and celebrities on social media. We've seen them on the television screen. We've heard them on podcasts. We've heard them in interviews. We've watched them on YouTube. Like we feel almost as if we know these people and it's not true. We are strangers. (laughs) 
but there has like there's an emotional attachment to this and I think that your fans are probably feeling the same emotional attachment because they're watching you they're listening to you they've they've formed this attachment and if they can help you in a way even if it's just a kind word or an emotional support then I think we'd be surprised sometimes yeah. It, what kind of response we would get. I hope we'll be surprised sometimes what kind of response we'll get. I do still have hope in humanity. I do still think there are beautiful souls and beautiful people out there and it's ultimately a good world. So that might just be, that might just be my optimism showing, <laughs> but, and, and again, if you're not comfortable with it, then that's so fine. That's so, so fine. These are hard, hard times. And these are hard things to deal with. Um, but maybe don't discount your audience. Mm. Maybe maybe when you feel like you can, just share a tiny little bit and see. Yeah, that's true. Mm. And something that, um, this is just something that came to my mind when, after we kind of first started talking about this and everything, um, this is something you may not know exists. I didn't know until, I don't know, a couple of years ago. And honestly, I need to kind of implement this on my uh, public platforms. But on most social media, you can have, or I know at least with Facebook, let me just say that. I don't know for sure about the others, but you can have a person who is like a person who can get into your account in case you can't. And I'm thinking like, if the worst happens. Like what if something mm -hmm. happens to you? Um, people are, are going to want to know where you are. Right. Um, and you can actually identify and set up a person as someone who can come in and kind of put that post and say, Hey, this is what happened. And you no, know, and that will allow your fans to know what happened and it will allow them an opportunity to grieve. Um, yeah. and so I think that that, especially when, when we have put ourselves out as in such a public arena, um, in a position where people are expecting certain things from us, um, that's a good thing to have in that just in case something happens like that. Um, and it makes me think of one other thing <laughs> that we had talked about when we first started talking about all of this, you know, authors as celebrities and what we think we know about them and what we think we're owed and all of this stuff. And I was uh, preparing for the letter writing workshop that I did for my library a couple weeks back and yeah 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 I found this link and I'll, I'll put the link down in the show notes in case you guys want to learn a little bit more about it but uh, Hemingway's son uh, agreed to and and the publication of a bunch of letters that his father wrote some of his personal correspondence from his earlier years and he was explaining in this article how his father never wanted his letters to become public. Like it wasn't something that he wanted. And his son's reasoning behind this was Hemingway kind of has this stigma with him that everyone kind of thinks of him as, you know, this drunk who had an unhappy life. Um, and that's not the way it always was for Hemingway. Uh, as the son, his son explained, um, he had a lot of mental illness issues at the end of his life. And that's what people remember. 
And so he wanted to have this book put out with some of his father's earlier letters to shine a little different light on the Ernest Hemingway that his son remembers him as. Not as this, you know, closed off person who drank too much that we sometimes think about. Um, And so I just thought that that was a beautiful example of a child wanting to protect the legacy and the memory of their celebrity father. Mm. Yeah, that's so special. Mm. That's so special. Um, And I think, too, that maybe that can remind us, too, about grace as well. And also just remember that the stories that we read about real life people who are living today mm-hmm. on BuzzFeed or People magazine or um, tabloids or TMZ or anything like that, they're all stories mm-hmm. in the fictional kind of way because they're not, you know, these people are alive. They're living in the, they're living these things. And I think that it's a little insensitive sometimes of even myself of like being like, Oh my goodness, I can't believe that person X, Y, and Z. Uh, well, we don't know if that person really X, Y, and Z, you know, <laughs> <laughs> they could have A, B, and Z. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So, um, and also like, I have to kind of chastise myself sometimes to kind of step back. It's like, I get sucked in. It's a psychological thing. I think to, uh, want to see these people who have worked their way up to wherever they are, who seem to have grander lives than I do to see them fall a little bit. And that's not healthy. That's so unhealthy, um, for me. And, um, you know, that might not be you, but I, uh, I found myself doing that with this particular person who, you know, was having a divorce. And it was like, ah, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh man, this is not, this is not okay because I don't know the story. It could, you know, it, it could be the, the right thing, but it's honestly not my place to judge either I I don't need to have the details because I'm not the judge and honestly there have been so so many good things that this particular person has put out into the world so many good things so many people have been helped so many lives have been changed and I think it's important for us to remember too that some bad things some bad decisions some bad press that doesn't cancel out all of the good things that this person has done or any other person who's had negative things said about them or negative things happen to them in their lives. So if somebody's being quiet, if somebody is um, not speaking up about this hard thing, you know, and then have some grace have some compassion, be that commenter who's like, you know what, I'm praying for you, man, you know, mm-hmm. be that person. And then if you are the person who's experiencing the bad thing, maybe allow your, your people to be that person for you. Yeah. yeah. That kind of like almost that. sounded just like a QWERTY challenge, I feel like. <laughs> oh, well, 
Well, yeah, that's a pretty challenge, peeps. So. <laughs> <laughs> we challenged them and didn't even know it, man. <laughs> it just comes so naturally. It does. After, after two seasons, it's just natural. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> well, was there anything else that you wanted to add about this topic? I don't think so. I think if I were going to add anything to the challenge, it would just be if you're not in either of those positions right now, but you know, maybe this kind of just gets you thinking about your own um, public platform. And if there are some things that maybe you need to think through um, just in case some big thing happens, or just, it could be as simple as what I mentioned about making sure you have someone who can get into your accounts. If the need arises whenever these big things happen that we're not necessarily in a mental state to be able to make these good decisions um, and we'll either splatter everything out or we won't do anything and we'll just go silent and either one of those you know those are the two extremes but if you've already thought about what you're going to, how you're going to handle hard times yeah. on your social media platforms on you know however you reach out to people if you go ahead and have an idea about how you'd like to handle that, that's actually one stress that you won't have to deal with whenever the big things happen. That's true. And, you know, as you were saying that, it made me think, we don't, we don't want to think about these horrible, big life events happening, right? Okay, so instead of that, it might actually be easier for us to just simply think about our audiences. Think about the people that you interact with on a daily basis and how do you interact with them? And are, you know, are they, what do they expect from you? Like, do they expect for you, for you to post often? Do they expect consistency in your posting? Um, and if we just understand our audience and know who they are and how they interact with us and what they expect from us, I think that in itself will help us know how to handle those bigger things. Yeah. Should they well, arise. Yeah. Well put, well put. And I, I think that too, you know, because we are mostly writing centered as far as our creative outlet, we don't really know the audiences of other creative mediums yeah. and how you re really reach out to them and what you do there. So this, uh, you do have an audience though, and you do, you know, even if it's, even if it's an in-person audience, like there, there is an audience there if you're putting your art out into the world. And so just consider how you're reaching out to your audience, what their nature is. Readers tend to be very good natured people. So <laughs> I feel like I can have that optimism about the comments and opening up with just a touch of vulnerability and that sort of thing with the reader audience in mind. But if your audience is, uh, you know, if your audience tends to be sharkish, then you might want to, you might not want to go that route. <laughs> That is true. Know your peeps, man. Yes, that's right. Know your audience. It's not just for your product. It's also for your platform. <laughs> that is Ooh, look at you. <laughs> that's well, I think that's good for tonight. What about yeah. you, Joy? I do. I think that's great. And I hope that even though this was kind of a deeper, somewhat darker topic, I hope that it was helpful just for you guys to kind of have some thoughts in mind. We hope that you have a wonderful week. Yes. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening until the end. Seriously, you're a trooper. Do you think pretty writing life is the bomb? May. 
You just said the bomb. Don't you censor me. If you think Cordy Writing Life rocks ice for real, oh my word. please rate, review, and share us with others. If you have questions about this week's episode or want to start a conversation, you can reach us by visiting partywritinglife.podbean.com. We'll be back next week with more candid chats for you.